you ever notice when you have to cough that it'll control your whole life? You, you, you know, you get this tickle in your throat, and all of a sudden it's the only thing that matters in the entirety of the world. I mean, it will dominate every muscle in your body, and it will dominate every thought process that you have. Man, when you have to cough, it becomes king. Look, I was at work. I mean, most of you guys know that, that in addition to being lead pastor of the Way Church, that I work in a, a health care facility. And so we were having a meeting the other day that was literally about the coronavirus. And we're having a meeting, and people are sp- we're in this, like, big meeting room, and, and it's, it's the biggest room in the whole place. And we're all six feet apart, so we're all standing. And like in just like little dots here and there, and everybody's all separated, and our facilitator's in the middle, and she's having to yell so that everybody can hear what she's saying, and she's talking about like all the the processes and procedures that we're going through with checking in and doing screenings and the extra cleanings and the sanitizing and all the restrictions that we have and all the things that we're having to do to make sure everybody in our facility stays safe, you know, from the virus outbreak. And while she's giving us all these instructions, I got this tickle in my throat. And I don't mean just a little one either. I mean, I'm over there like. (laughs) And I'm trying not to cough because I'm in the Corona 19 meeting. And and there's all these people around. And and the, the person over there next to me is looking at me like, are you okay? And I'm like. And, and look, I'm about to start hacking like a 50-year smoker with tuberculosis. And I'm standing there, and I'm doing my best to hold it in. And this cough has control of my whole life at this point. And there's nothing that I can do to stop it. And I'm struggling, and it's on the verge, and it's about to come out. And somebody else coughed over on the side, and all the heads are like, shh. And they all stared at her. Thank you, Ashley, for that, by the way. I greatly appreciate it. And then while everybody stared at Ashley, I'm like, (coughs) and I'm okay. But in those moments, all that mattered in my life was that cough. There was nothing that I could do besides focus on it with every muscle in my body, with every thought in my mind. It was the king for just that moment. Right now in our world, Corona-19 is the king of the world. It's the king of the world. Everything in our world is bowing down before this virus. Governments are subject to corona. Economies. Yes, even mammon, the almighty dollar, has bowed down before COVID-19. Families are, are bowing down before the corona. Everything in our world has ground to a halt so that it can pay homage to this invisible king that is ruling over our world. But Christ followers, I'm here to tell you this. We won't bow before any virus. You know, they call it the corona because it has these processes that come off of it that look like the spikes of a crown. It looks like that it's wearing a crown under a microscope. That's why it's called corona. Corona is Latin for crown. This thing is a king. But I'm here to tell you, Christ followers, that that crown means nothing to us. The only crown that matters to us, the only crowns that matter, are the crown of thorns that Jesus Christ wore for you, the crown of glory that he wears now, and for those that believe, the crown of righteousness that he's going to put
put on you when he sees you face to face, man. Somebody say amen. Somebody shout hallelujah. Somebody give some praise to the king of glory. Here's what I want you to do. If you're in agreement with that, I just want you to put in the comments, no other king. No other king. Because I'm telling you, followers of Jesus, there is no other king but Jesus Christ that matters. Maybe somebody will bow down before this temporary king of the world for a short time, but we will only bend the knee before the king of glory. Somebody say amen. Pray with me today. God, we come before you in Jesus' name. We come boldly to the throne of grace to bend our knee before you, to pay homage to you, to present ourselves as a living sacrifice to you, knowing that none of the stuff that's going on in the world holds a candle to who you are and the power and the grace and glory that you have. Right now, the world is bowing before a king that rules with fear. But God, we as the followers of Christ, we will only bow before a king that rules in glory, that rules with grace, that rules with mercy, and that will rule the universe and all existence forever and ever and ever. And it's in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Let somebody give him some glory, man. Let the six people in here give him glory, and everybody on their couch give him some glory, man. Let's just praise the king today. Open your Bibles up to the book of John in chapter 16. And in John chapter 16, Jesus is encouraging his disciples that the Holy Spirit is coming. Just like we sang about a few minutes ago, come Holy Spirit. He's saying it's going to be better if I go away because I'm bringing a comforter. I'm bringing the counselor. I'm bringing the one that's going to reveal to you everything else that you need to know. He goes on to tell them, I'm going to go away for a little while, but then I'll be back. And it's going to hurt for a little while, but then I'll be back. And he gives them this example. It's like a woman that's in labor with a child. It hurts while she's in labor. It hurts while she's going through the travail of pregnancy. But once that baby's born, she doesn't care about that pain anymore. Once that baby's born, she doesn't care about all that suffering that she just went through. All she cares about is that sweet, angelic blessing that just came from God. And so we will be followers of Christ. He had to go away for a little while. But one of these days, he's going to come back. And we know that our present suffering is nothing compared to the glory that is to come. Would you stand with me for the reading of God's word today? We'll be in the book of John in chapter 16. And I'm going to start in verse 25. And the Bible says this. Though I have been speaking figuratively... A time is coming when I will no longer use this kind of language, but I'll tell you plainly about my Father. In that day you will ask in my name. I'm not saying that I will ask the Father on your behalf. No, 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 no. The Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came from God. I came from the Father and entered the world. Now I'm leaving the world and going back to the Father. Then Jesus' disciples said, Now you're speaking clearly and without figures of speech. Now we can see that you know all things and that you don't even need to have anyone ask you questions. That makes us believe that you came from God. Verse 31, Do you now believe? Do you now believe, Jesus replied? A time is coming, and in fact, a time has come when you will be scattered, each to your own home. How do you know that? 
and you'll leave me alone. Yet I'm not alone, for my Father is with me. I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Now, if that don't get you excited, uh, then I don't know what will. Let's give God some praise wherever you're at uh, for that word. You may be seated, and I need to ask you a really very, very serious question. It is the most important question you'll ever be asked. Do you believe? Do you now believe? And and this is not a rhetorical question. I I really want to know. Do you believe? Do you believe in God the Father, the creator of heaven and earth? Do you believe in Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, Lion of Judah, first and last, perfect sacrifice and redeemer that will come? Do you believe in the Holy Spirit, the, 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 the God, the part of God that is the power and love and glory that we have inside of us and over the earth right now? Do you believe in the virgin birth? Do you believe in the crucifixion? Do you believe in the resurrection? Do you believe in salvation? And do you believe that he is coming again to get us and Maranatha take us all home? Somebody say amen. I need to know if you believe that because it's the most important thing that you can ever decide in your entire life. How you think about God right now is the most important thing in your life. And what you teach your children about God is the most important thing in their lives. We need to decide where we stand. We need to decide where we stand right now. And we have to do it for ourselves. We have to do it for ourselves. You know, the time is happening right now that we've all been scattered to our homes. Talk about a prophecy. How did he know? How did he know? Man, of course what he's talking about is the fact that he was going to be arrested and betrayed and crucified and all those disciples that had followed him so closely were going to scatter. We're going to scatter. They were going to go and run and hide. But also this word shows that the word of God transcends situation. Amen. It transcends situation. It speaks to us right now just like it spoke to those men back then because we too have been scattered into our homes. We too have been sent running for cover in order to find sanctuary, sanctuary in our homes. And then Jesus said, you're all going to leave me, but even if you leave me, I won't be alone for my Father is with me. And you know what those disciples, even though they went and scattered into their own homes or the upper room or wherever they scattered to, you know, they weren't alone either. They weren't alone either because he was with them. And that's the same situation for us here and now. Even though we find ourselves scattered by distance, we are not alone. You are not alone. For the Father is with us. For the Spirit is with us. For the Son is with us. Because God is everywhere all the time. And he will never leave you. And he will never forsake you. And he will never abandon you. You are not alone. For he is with you. We are hard pressed on every side. But not crushed. We're perplexed. But not in despair. We have been beat down, but we have not been destroyed, and we will rise again stronger than ever before. Can somebody say amen? We have everything that we could ever need. Jesus says, I'm telling you these things so that you can have peace. In the next verse, he says, you will have trouble. 
So, so here's what I want you to understand. You will have trouble. There's no choice there. By the very fact that you're alive means that you will have trouble, but you can have peace. You will have trouble, but you can have peace. But the only peace that you're ever going to find is in him. Because he is the supplier of peace. Peace that surpasses all understanding. Peace that the world can't even comprehend or understand. But it all comes from him. See, he's saying things are going to get rough. Times are going to get hard. There's going to be war. There's going to be pestilence. There's going to be chaos. There's going to be collapse. But you know what? Shining in all that darkness is a lone figure. Shining in all that darkness is one that has overcome everything that has ever been thrown at him. And do you think he's going to change now? They tried to kill him when he was a baby, but he overcame that. His own people rejected him and tried to throw him off a cliff, but he overcame that too. He touched a leper and healed him. He came in contact with those that had a fever, and they didn't anymore. He made the blind to see, the deaf to hear, the lame to walk again. He, he healed people with issues of blood and issues of bent backs for many years. He healed a paralytic that was paralyzed for 38 years. Man, he came into contact with women and, and broke down the stigmas that they had been attached to, that had been attached to them for the, the previous history of humanity. He broke down religious barriers and religious walls and set people free with the power of the Holy Spirit. He, every time that he encountered somebody, he overcame whatever situation that they found themselves in. He brought Jairus' daughter back to life. He brought the, the lady uh, that was having a funeral for her son. He brought the son back to life. He brought Lazarus back to life because he is the resurrection because he is the life and then they betrayed him and abandoned him and beat him and crucified him and killed him but you know what way church he overcame that too see everything that they throw at him he overcomes everything that they throw at him he walks right through it and you know what He's going to overcome COVID-19 too. Somebody say amen. See, this virus that thinks that it's a king has to bow down before King Jesus. Because every tongue will confess, every knee will bow. All of creation is subject to Jesus Christ because he is the king of glory, because he is the king of the universe, because he is the first and the last, and everything in between. Somebody say amen. God is so good to us. God is so good to us. And he's so powerful. And he's so amazing. And he does everything that we could ever need him to do. And he does it well. He does it well. The lies couldn't trap him. The, the, the whip couldn't deter him. The, the nails couldn't break him. The, the, the cross couldn't drain him. The grave couldn't hold him. And sin could not overcome him because he is the king of glory and he has overcome it all. So he speaks to his disciples. And he said, in this world, you will have trouble. Man, he was so right. He was so right. He, he was right for them and he's, he's right for us now. I mean, we're in the midst of trouble. I mean, things were bad enough before, amen? I mean, we were having trouble before all this broke out. I mean, there was all kinds of crazy stuff going on in the world. People were, were struggling every single day of their lives. And then we get one more thing chucked on top of it, man. In this life, you will have 
trouble. And then Jesus speaks a word. The King James translates it as be of good cheer. The NIV translates it as take heart. The CSB translates it of, of have courage. The Greek word is tharseo. Say it with me. Tharseo. And here's the essence of it. Chin up. Chest out. Ashes blown away. Only joy remains. Dust yourself off. Get ready. Come on. Let's go. Let's go. Man up. Woman up. Christian up. Disciple up. It's time for something new. You cannot let what was mess with you because we have a mission to be about. It's time for you to be filled with the power of God. It's time for you to start relying on me to fill you up instead of the things that are going on around you. Tharseo, the only person in Scripture that uses that word is Jesus. Six times in Scripture. He used it when he was walking on water. He used it when he was forgiving people's sins. And he used it after his ascension when he spoke to Paul and sent him to Rome to take the gospel to the Gentile people. Tharseo. Get ready. It's going to get rough. But you know what? You've got it within you because I'm with you. You'll never be alone. You'll never be forsaken. You'll never be abandoned. You can walk through anything because I'm going to be with you. See, he was with Shadrach in the fire. He was with Jonah in the fish. He was with Noah in the flood. He was with Joshua at the walls of Jericho. He was with David when he fought the giant. He was with Peter on the day of Pentecost. He was with Stephen when they were trying to stone him to death. He was there every single time walking through it with everybody. And you know what? If you'll let him, he'll walk through this whole pandemic thing with you too. Do you know what that means? If he's walking with you, then you can't help but overcome. If he's walking with you, then there's nothing that can stop you from being who he's called you to be and going where he's told, called you to go and doing exactly what he has called you to do. He's overcome that. He's going to overcome this too. You, you know what that means? It means he's overcome fear. He's overcome pain. He's overcome guilt. He's overcome shame. He's overcome sickness. He's, he's overcome infidelity. He's overcome lies. He's overcome addictions. He's overcome chains. He's overcome sin. He's overcome death. He's overcome the enemy of God. He's overcome the whole world. Take heart, for he has overcome the world and everything in it. If you'll let him into your life, if you'll let him into your life, then you'll experience that same kind of victory. Not just over this. Because, man, as soon this whole pandemic thing is just going to be another memory, another piece of history. But like I preached last night, you got to use what he's showing you in this to get ready for the next thing. And the next one. And the next one until he comes back. But every trial, every tribulation that we go through, he will overcome. He will overcome. And do you guys hear what I've been saying the last few minutes? Everything around us is going to crumble to dust. And when it does, only three things will remain. Faith, hope, and love. You're loved by God. You can trust in God. 
And you can put your faith, your hope, in the fact that he has overcome the world. But the greatest of these, the greatest of these is love. The greatest of these is love. You may be wondering, how do I experience the love of God? How do I get on board with this love of God? How do I connect with the love of God? Well, it's right here in this scripture. It's in verse 27. And I'd never really read this like this before. John 16, verse verse 27. It says, my father loves you because you loved me. And because you believe in me. How do you receive, how do you experience the love of the Father? By loving the Son. By believing in the Son. See, I read this scripture and and, and all of a sudden I understood. Because there's some people in my life that I love but I love them more because of how they love my sons. Do you get it? There's some people in my life that I don't even like. I'm just being honest. It pains me to be around them, but I love them because of how they love my sons. My own father and I had a very strange relationship for a lot of years. We just couldn't get it together. Some of it was my fault and some of it was his fault. We just, we, just, we just butted heads. We just couldn't reconcile that relationship. It was just hard. Until, until I saw how he loved my son. And when I saw the way that he loved my son, when I saw the way he looked at my child, when I saw the way that he held my child, I began to love my own father in a way that I had never loved him before in all of my life. I loved him because of how he loved my son. God is the same. Yes, he has the agape universal love for you. But the word that's used in this scripture, it's not agape. It's phileo. Which means an affectionate, brotherly, connected kind of love. If you want to be part of the family of God, If you want God as Father, it starts by loving the Son. And how do you love the Son? You show your love for the Son by believing in Him. By believing that He came from God. Believing that He completed the mission that He had been given by God. And then believing that He returned to God 
That's how we experience the love of God. That's how we become part of the family of God. See, that's the gospel. Maybe you've never really believed that before. But you have that opportunity right here, right now. You want to get on board with Jesus who has overcome the world? You want to get connected to the life giver, the redeemer, the restoration. The one who brings us into eternity. You do it by loving the Son. By believing that He is who He says He is. And that He's done what He says He's done. And the gospel says that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's why we need Him so bad. It says that what we've earned by our sin is death and separation from God. But that in Jesus, by putting our faith, our trust in Him, by surrendering our lives to Him, that He has overcome that. That He's overcome sin, that He's overcome death, that He's overcome the grave. And that in Him you can have peace. God showed His great love. That while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. In love. And the Bible says that all that call upon his name will be saved. All that call on his name will overcome. All that call on his name can live a life of freedom, of power, of faith, of hope, of love. Bible says if we'll just believe in our heart that he's risen from the grave by the power of the Holy Spirit and we'll confess with our mouth we've surrendered our lives to him that we will be saved doesn't matter what you've done doesn't matter what's been done to you doesn't matter where you come from doesn't matter where you're at right now. What matters is that you cry out to Jesus in faith, believing. If you're ready to do that right now, with every head bowed and every eye closed all across internet land, I just want you to say this to the Lord. I just want you to say, Lord Jesus, I'm in trouble. But I want peace. And I believe that I'll find it in you. Because I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you lived for me and died for me. And rose again. And today, Lord Jesus, I ask you to be my Savior and my King. You are the Lord of my life. You have overcome the world. In Jesus' name.